And what we find is Paul is going through and he's going to tell some information about himself, about his person, about his purpose, about his, uh, his direction uh, as, as, a, as a minister, as a preacher. And so uh, about who he is and what he is promoting. And so look at verse number one. He starts off, Paul, a servant of God. And an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So he is tying in several things, but he, he brings it back down to a main purpose of eternal life, salvation, uh, that uh, it's going to revolve around that, and it's revolving around God. It's revolving around God's purposes, God's promises, God's truth that he has manifested to us. He has given us, in verse 3, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. And so as we come to the end of another year, uh, we, we live in a world where Everything is subjective, but it's not. There are absolutes in life. And yesterday I heard a clip from Nikki Haley and she had an interview with a nine-year-old boy. And at the end of the interview, she uh, responded to this nine-year-old boy and said, uh, you spoke according to your truth, and I spoke according to my truth. You know, our culture thinks that everybody can have their own truth. But there is truth, and there is error. Truth is exclusive. And... Everybody can't have their own truth. Just because I believe something doesn't make it a reality. And as we come to the end of this year, I really believe that as a church, as a believer, we have truly got to get a hold of this thing called truth and not shy away from it. Because there are absolutes. And so when you think about it, truth, uh, what a word, what a concept, uh, uh, this thing called truth. Now, uh, if you look on dictionary.com, truth will give you a definition, the true or actual state of a matter. That which is real. Not that which is subjective. You know, what's happening is our world tries to keep redefining words to mean something that it is not. And truth has nothing to do with what we think. Truth has to do with truth. And I am only right as long as I line up with truth. People say, well, pastor, you just think you're the only one that's right. No, I don't think that I'm the only one that's right. I just... I endeavor to seek truth. 
And then I endeavor my life to follow up with that truth. Uh, when we, uh, the vision, uh, the core values of our school, our Christian school, uh, number one is to seek truth. Why? Because if we can get the young people to seek truth, they are going to find the, the, the information that is going to help them succeed in the life that God has given to them. Seek truth, serve Christ, show compassion, and strive for excellence. And those are core values that we have in our school. Uh, we want those to be taught. We want to uh, help our children succeed. Uh, but they are growing up in a world where truth, according to the world, according to the culture, keeps changing. But truth does not change. Amen. So, conformity with fact or reality, verity, the truth. And that's what uh, those, that definition. And this morning I want to speak to you on the subject, time for truth. Time for truth. And let's pray. Father, I do thank you for your goodness. I pray that you would bless now uh, during this service. May the Spirit of God have freedom to work. And uh, Lord, may we have an open heart and mind uh, and allow you to lead and to guide. And I pray that you would uh, help us, uh, Lord, to have a, a mind that is acceptant of what you say is truth. And so I pray that you would uh, bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You know, truth has to, there has to be uh, a, uh, there has to be a standard by which we live in life. If we keep moving the goalposts, there's no way to know whether or not we are in line. Uh, when you drive down the highway, there are lines that are on that road. Uh, if, since we live here in California, those lines are all wore out because they, they don't have enough money uh, to, uh, uh, to paint those lines because they keep spending those, those dollars on social agendas that don't line up with what they were supposed to go to. That's a whole nother uh, message. Uh, but uh, those lines are there to show you where you are at. I remember when I first started driving and, and I would drive, uh, my mom would keep telling me, I'm looking over the nose of the car, or the hood of the car, and I'm watching the lines and I'm trying to stay right within the lines. And she kept telling me, look up. You look up and look down the road and your peripheral vision will help you stay between the lines. You look down the road and you can see your destination and it will help you stay in the right place in that lane. And it took me a while because I kept trying to just correct and overcorrect and staying right there between those lines. And you know what? There's a whole lot of room for a car within those 15 feet of lane. Uh, but uh, I felt like it was, was uh, a very small, Small lane, but the concept of truth has and the core has been the core of philosophical debates for millennia. And we can go through all of the different uh, the different uh, theories of uh, of uh, uh, truth, the coherence theory of truth, the pragmatic theory of truth, the constructivist or subjectivist view uh, of uh, of truth, the consensus theory of truth, and it's just whoever decides. As long as we collectively come up with an idea that we agree on, collectively that can become. truth. 
truth. Uh, there are all kinds of different theories of truth. Uh, correspondence theory of truth states this. This theory suggests that the, a statement or belief is considered true if it corresponds to or accurately represents facts or reality. In other words, truth is a matter of accurately describing the way the world is. Boy, that sounds like a whole lot of fluff to say truth is reality. But there are so many different theories and debates on what is true and what is uh, what truth is. Uh, but simply uh, stating the very definition of truth reveals that it is the true or actual state of a matter. That's truth. And conformity with that fact or reality uh, is what we attempt to do. Why? Because we want to be right. We want to be true. But we, have li- we live in a world uh, that uh, has embraced falsehoods and expects us to embrace them as truth. Don't get quiet on me. I hadn't even started yet. But we live in this world where things that are wrong are promoted as true and then we are expected to embrace it. We're expected to embrace a lie, embrace something that is not true just because somebody else says that it is true. And that is, I am unwilling to do so. And, and so the world, the culture that we live in has, has adapted and has co- cowarded to, to the pressure of a culture that is a promoting falsehood, promoting uh, a wrong, uh, promoting something that is untrue, and then we are uh, supposed to just fall in line and be quiet about that untruth. And they are not, they are not quiet about their falsehood. I am not going to be quiet about truth. So we live in this culture where even in the churches, we have been silenced because we don't want to offend anybody. Now, let me, let me say this. Truth is exclusive. If somebody is offended by truth, that is not my problem. That's not my issue. I, now, It doesn't mean that we need to be hateful, but we should not be afraid. We should not be ashamed to stand for truth. So the the, uh, generation that we live in, this generation, we need to stand up for truth and quit being passive in standing for the reality of truth. It isn't just something that we should think. It is something that we should stand for. Amen. Succeeding generations are counting on us. And what we do with truth, whether we allow it to be silenced, it will impact 
the succeeding generations. And whether or not we stand for truth, teach truth, promote truth, it also will have an effect. And so uh, we need to stand up for truth. And so look again. I want you to see several things about the Apostle Paul. He gives some clarity. And I've got about 43 points. No, uh, just kidding. I've got five points. And then uh, we'll sum up uh, the, the message here. Uh, but I've got fi- five points quickly that I want you to see. As Paul was outlining his person, his purpose, he clearly defined who, who he was and what he was about. And with that then, it guided the rest of his life. It guided the direction uh, of how he lived. So first of all, I want you to see, number one, he identified as a servant of God. Now, this, of course, is going to be uh, in, in a response to the fact that, that he has been saved. Acts chapter 9, we find that he comes in uh, to uh, accepting Christ as his Savior. And so, uh, as as a saved man, now he belongs to the Savior. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, uh, the Bible tells us, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so when he's saying here that I am a servant of God, he is saying that I have been saved because of the salvation that I have. I belong to God. I submit to God and I am serving God. Now, let me ask you, are you saved this morning? Have you made that determination? Because if you haven't made that determination, then it is going to impact what you do with truth. It is going to impact what is truth to you. And so here when we look at this, uh, we have got to identify. Paul was identifying uh, as a servant of God. Now the word servant here is, is not just a, uh, it is not just a servant as in someone that has a job. This is literally the term for a slave. And Paul is saying, I am absolutely submitting to the ownership of God in my life. Now, there are times in the Bible where it talks about slavery, uh, and, and with that, it is not, uh, the Bible does not condone slavery. The Bible was addressing issues that were commonplace in the time. And so it was, try, it was dealing with the issues while there was slavery. Uh, God is not for slavery. But Paul was saying, I belong to God. And because I belong to God, I am a servant uh, of God. And so uh, we see that a servant of God. Uh, God, all-inclusive. Theos, it is, it's used for, uh, the word there, God, is used for deity. It's a general reference to God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is, it is a reference to God, and he is a servant of God. Number two, he identified as an apostle of Jesus Christ. 
Now, the word apostle uh, is the word sent one. It was, it was a chosen individual who was a sent one, an envoy, an ambassador, if you would, uh, for the Lord. And, uh, and he was sent uh, on behalf of Jesus Christ. He was uh, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And so uh, Jesus, the Messiah, uh, that's truth. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is Christ. He is God in the flesh. He is Jesus, the Savior of the world. And so he is identifying himself not only as a servant of God, he is also identifying himself as a laborer for God. Uh, and, and Jesus, in particular, uh, being on a mission for him. He was commissioned uh, to serve the Savior. He was on a mission, not a mission of survival in this world. We were, we were, we, we have, nobody wants to just survive. You know what? We weren't made to just survive. We were made with a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. God has a mission for us, uh, but he was on a mission. Uh, it was a mission, not a mission of survival. It was not a mission of self. It wasn't a mission of just accomplishing what I want to do. It wasn't a mission of personal fulfillment or personal accomplishment or personal pleasure. Uh, none of these things are wrong in themselves, but they're not big enough to live for and Paul was identifying that he had a mission of following Christ, of serving Christ. And we as well have been created. Uh, we have been created to need a purpose, and we have been given a purpose by God. Our life has a purpose. Your existence isn't just to feed your face three or four times a day. It is not just to go to work and run that hamster wheel uh, day in and day out. Uh, it's bigger than that. God has a purpose for our existence, for us being here. And Paul recognized that purpose and he embraced it personally. So, uh, so we see here that he identified as an apostle. Thirdly, his identification was according to the faith. It was according to the faith. Uh, look again at verse number one. He said, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect. So it was according to the faith. His identification uh, was in complete alignment with the truth of his faith. Think that through. It was in alignment with the truth of his faith. Now, the truth of his faith was backed up by the truth of what God had manifested, what God had given. Uh, so it was, uh, was, was it according to the faith, the truth of the faith, the faith that he believed, the faith that he trusted. Now, I'm going somewhere here. 
we're, we're lining things up, and Paul is stating all this about himself very clearly, very concisely, and it came out in how he lived. It came out in what he did, what he believed, how he acted, and so it was a faith that he believed. It was a faith that he trusted. You know, statistics have come out that 40% of church attendees do not believe the Bible. Think about that. My mind is blown. If that was the case, why come to church? Why have somebody get up and say and teach and preach something that you don't believe anyway? You know why we don't believe it? It's because we have listened to a world that has robbed us of our faith. Look at our universities today. We, we, we are allowing, and this isn't, this isn't a message on Christian education, but I'm going to throw it in, and it's not, it, it is shameless. We, we allow the world to educate our kids, and then we wonder why they don't believe God. The hour, two hours, three hours that they are in Sunday school class or in church does not begin to compete with the 35, 40 hours that they are in school, that they are on the the media and all of the information that is coming at them. And there is an agenda that is being taught. So so we see the, the... Paul here, he was stating, it's according to the faith. And let me ask you, do you believe your Bible? Do we believe all of our Bible? Now, I didn't ask you if you liked all of your Bible. Because there are things that I look at in my Bible that I have a hard time processing. And it doesn't mean that that I have to like it all, but it is truth. And with that being truth, I then am going to trust what it says regardless of how I feel. Let God be true and every man a liar. So when somebody states something that is in contradiction to what God has said, God says that person is a liar. And that applies to us. Well, I just think it should be this way. It doesn't matter what we think. There's truth. Amen. All right, so faith uh, that he believed, faith that he trusted, faith that has been received. And and so it was a faith that had been accounted true through the ages. And so Paul here, his identification was according to the faith. It was in alignment with his faith. Number four, his identification was according to his acknowledging the truth. It was according to his acknowledging 
of the truth. The word acknowledging there is the Greek word epignosis, and it literally means coming to understand something clearly and distinctly or as true and valid. And so it goes on often with personal acquaintance that necessitates a positive or negative change. And what it's saying is acknowledging the truth, it is stating that because of the truth, there is going to be a change, positive or negative, but because of that truth, because of that acknowledging of that truth, something has to happen. And you and I have to do something with truth. We will either receive it or we will reject it. Is that right? Okay, I'm going somewhere. All right. So Proverbs 3, verse 5, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Why? Because our own understanding doesn't always line up with truth. Lean not unto your own understanding. He said, In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. In all thy ways uh, submit yourself to him, acknowledge him. Trust him and he shall direct thy path. This leaning is to be from our understanding and it is to be leaning towards the truth. From our own understanding to God's uh, understanding, God's knowledge. So God is, uh, God's word is, God's direction is. Uh, Our faith is not unfounded faith. Our faith in God is not unfounded God's ways work. I I have experienced them personally in my life, and many of you have experienced God working in your life and seeing the principles that that maybe are they're different from what the world says, but you see how they work uh, when you follow them. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm nineteen, He said uh, He said the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night under night showeth knowledge. There is no no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. You know what? All around the world, the truth of God, the revelation of God has been made to mankind. It's been made through creation. Uh, It has been made through his word, John 17, 17. Sanctify uh, them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God's word is truth. Amen. God's word is truth. So if something is in opposition with what God says, then it is not true. Now, if you're saved this morning, the Spirit of God should be telling you, that's right, that's right. Your spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God. And, and as God's spirit uh, is revealing truth, uh, there, there needs to be an acceptance of that, that acknowledging of truth. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So what do we have? We have Jesus is the truth. Creation reveals truth. It's a revelation of God to man. We have Jesus Christ himself being born. We celebrated his birth, his life, his death. It was the revelation of God to man. We have his word. It is the revelation of God to man. It is truth. It teaches us what is true, what is right. Truth is exclusive. It exposes error. You know, being a good Christian does not mean you don't expose error. Oh, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let somebody think what they think. That's that is that is not what we are supposed to be doing. You know what light does? It casts out darkness. Silence does not do that. Silence is not being a light. Now they just hit a spot because it just got real quiet. You know why we are unwilling? You want me to be willing. This is streamed. But you've got to be willing. You say, it's uncomfortable. I know. You see, we've got to stand for truth. So, so standing for what is real, not what is imaginary. Number five, his acknowledging the truth leads to godliness. Look again at verse number one. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect uh, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. The word godly, godlike. Uh, it, re- it is that change. Change in proportion to faith. Change in proportion to the belief system. Change in proportion to the truth that he had believed. And so it brings about godliness. Uh, Isaiah 55, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Uh, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And what is true is what God has said, and what is true is that I am to adopt his way of thinking and his view, not my ways. So God's ways, truth. So Paul's life were, was based on these things. 1 Corinthians 14, he said, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Now, all of that was groundwork. All that was introductory. God is not the author of confusion. We live in a world where People are proposing things to be true that are not true. Paul's clear view of who he was and what he was allowed him to make assessments based on truth, not, the, not based on the pressure of the day or the culture. Gender confusion. It's not true. Confusion is true. Dysphoria is true. That is, that is a reality. But just because someone else is confused, I am not going to buy into that confusion. Right. 
The Bible tells us that there, there is man and there is woman. There are two genders. Just two. Now, with that, you know, for, forever people say, well, follow the science. Okay, let's follow the science. The same people that say follow the science will not follow science here. You were born with two chromosomes that determined your gender. Two X's, and you're a girl. You're a female. An X and a Y, you're a male. There are no other. God created them male and female. Now, I'm not talking about being hateful. I'm just talking about truth. And the confusion that is being promoted, and it is being promoted to confuse the children. Confusion. It's not true. There are men and women. The man passes the X or the Y chromosome. The woman passes an X chromosome only. The male determines the sex. It is going to be an X chromosome that's passed, and uh, that will then result in a, a female child. If it is a, uh, a Y, then it will be a male. Uh, that is not transphobic. That is truth. Amen. That's truth. So a woman, uh, we can't even identify what a woman is. Well, a woman is an adult female. It is not hard. But so much noise has been given to things that are not true that we have become fearful to stand on what is right. And what I'm telling you is we've got to stand for truth. It's time for truth. It is time for believers to stand for truth. It is time for believers to believe what is true. And not allow, allow the culture and allow the friendships. And I'm not talking about hating people. I am just talking about being right. Being true. A woman is an adult female person. A man is an adult male person. No matter what a culture chooses to accept, no matter what a country chooses to adopt, uh, boys do not belong in the girls' locker rooms or in the girls' bathrooms or in girls' sports. Uh, there, there is truth and then there is error. And we have somehow become so fearful to stand for what is true. We don't want to offend anybody. Uh, you don't have a problem telling somebody that they're wrong if they tell you a math problem and they're wrong. Man. Belief does not make it a reality. Sincerity does not make it a reality. We go back in history and we see Adolf Hitler. He believed in the supremacy of the Aryan race. We saw the tragedy that, was a re what, that resulted because of that wrong belief system. 
that racism, bigotry, prejudice, discrimination, uh, and, and that, that is, should not be the case. Uh, but we, we see that, uh, that there is truth. Truth is real. The family unit is under attack. Not only in gender identity, but in marriage. God is for marriage. Amen. God is not for shacking up. God is for marriage. There, there is a plan that God has. And marriage was, desi- was designed, it was defined, it was ordained by God. Now, what happens is we, we live in a world and a culture where what, what we do and what we have been brought up and what we have accepted. But as a believer, our worldview needs to change. Our worldview needs to come in alignment with truth. And so marriage, God instituted uh, the, the relationship. He instituted the, the relationship of marriage. Uh, God instituted morality of the marriage relationship. Uh, homosexuality, the LGBTQ movement is a sin against God. It's an error. It is against truth. Entomology tells us that homosexuality, the term was not even put into the medical journals until 1911. You know what it was called before? Sin. Well, it's quiet. You see, we have, we, because we know people, because we love people who are in this case that have embraced this lifestyle, we have been silenced. And you know what? It doesn't mean that you stop loving somebody. It has nothing to do with it. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to change what I believe because I love somebody who is not living according to God's plan. LGBTQ, the homosexual movement, it's against the laws of creation. It's against the laws of the creator. It's against the laws of nature. You can go to, to Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 13. The Bible says, if a man lie also with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed abomination abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. God's, God's view of this was, uh, it, was a, it was a terrible sin uh, up to even uh, the death penalty. It was a capital punishment offense. Romans 1.26, for this cause God gave them up to a, unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, uh, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of the air which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. You know why they can't retain God in their knowledge? Because the the light that is transpired to the darkness, it reveals it. And so they have to reject everything that is God. Why? Because of what it represents. You see, it's time for truth. It's time for truth. 
It's time for believers to get off the fence. Paul was stating who he was. And in stating who he was, it was clarifying the direction that he was going. And it was in in accordance to his faith. It was in accordance to the truth, the acknowledging of the truth, the acknowledging of what was real, what was right, not just what he felt, not just what a culture would think. And so God, God God has a plan. God's for marriage, man and woman. Marriage is not for men and men. And it is not for, it doesn't matter what the government licenses. They didn't design marriage. They didn't define marriage. They have no right to redefine it. God is the one that defined marriage. And God it is one man, one woman, children uh, are to follow. Uh, that is, that's for God's glory. God is for life. He's for life. Amen. The very first service that Brother, Brother Dustin came in on uh, was a Sunday morning and I was preaching on life and I, was preach, I preached on abortion. Uh, and, and with that, his, he had a straight face, sort of like, well, now he's smiling. Uh, but he had a straight face. I had no idea where he was at. It's like, okay, we'll never see them again. Uh, and so uh, anyway, but uh, you know, we, we have to stand for truth. No matter who is there, no matter what, we've got to stand for truth. God is for life. A baby at conception becomes life. Amen. You know what's funny? Uh, even even and I and I was watching a uh, a uh, uh, I was watching a, a interview, and it was a person that was pro-choice. And they were asked, well, you know, uh, is, is, this, is the baby, oh, the baby, it's not a baby, it is just a mass of tissue. It's not a baby. It's a fetus, just a mass of tissue. So what if the baby is wanted and you have a baby shower? Do we call it a fetus shower? And the person said, oh, no, I would call it a baby shower. Oh, so it's a baby if it's desired, it's fetus, it's tissue if it's not. We, we have allowed these lies to, to impact how we think. We've got to stand for truth. What is true? And, and God is for life. Uh, and the life of that child. It's time for truth. It's time for believers to not only say that they believe. It's time for what they believe to be a part of who they are as a person. And to guide them, direct them in their life. It's time for us to stand for truth. It's time for us to stand in truth. It's time for us to strongly proclaim truth. But when pulpits are quiet and when preachers are quiet, people will be quiet. The future of our nation is at stake. These are not red-blue issues. 
These are moral issues. There's right, there's wrong. There's that which is truth, and there's that which is error. And we've got to stand for truth. I am not forcing my belief on anybody here this morning. When you pulled in that parking lot, it said Bible, Baptist, what? Church. Was anybody surprised that the pastor is going to believe the Bible? No. So with that then, we're not, we're not ramming our faith down anybody's throat. But what we are going to do is we are going to show what is truth. And we have to be willing as believers, if we say we're a believer, we better adopt the truth. Not just for salvation. Not just to get a get out of, free, for, uh, get out of jail free card. I'm talking about embracing it. And when Paul was making these statements in, in Titus, he was, he was summing up who he was, his person, uh, his purpose. Uh, and it, it, would, it would drive the direction uh, that he was going. It's time for truth. He said, Pastor, what's truth? The truth is God loves you. God loves you. God wants the best for you. God made us. He knows what works. He knows what will bring fulfillment in your life. And doing things God's way, it works. It works in every aspect. It'll work financially. It'll work in your career. It'll work in your marriage. It'll work in your child rearing. It'll work in your friendships. God's ways work. Why? Because it's truth. It's true. And so we've got to recognize it though. So God loves us. God doesn't want you to be separated for him, from him for eternity. You're not saved this morning. God wants to be your God. He wants to be your Savior. He wants to forgive the sin that has separated you you from God. He freely offers salvation through through the gift of his Son. By faith, we've got to realize that we're a sinner, that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. And by putting our faith in Him, receiving Him, asking Him to be our Savior, that is what will begin that relationship of being born again. That is what will take to be born again. But then after that, there's a life to live. And that life should be lived in accordance to truth. Are you saved this morning? Are you living is your are you living according to a biblical worldview or a secular worldview? It's a choice. And we've got to decide. Paul was saying, listen, I am living according to my faith. 
I'm living according to the truth of my faith. Has our faith impacted our worldview? Has the truth of our faith changed our condition? Has it changed who we are? It should. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm done. If you're not saved this morning, by faith, accept the truth. Accept that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. He's the only way to heaven. I am the way, the truth, and the life, he said. No man cometh unto the Father. The Father's in heaven. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way. That's the truth. But after salvation, then, am I going to live according to the truth? There's so much noise in the world around us. We've got to determine where, what are we going to accept? Are we going to accept what the world says is truth? Or are we going to accept what God says is truth? Father, I do pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for these who are here. And I pray that you would help us to live according to the truth that you have given to us. And uh, Lord, if there's one here today that does not know you, I pray today that they would be saved. For those that, uh, Lord, they, uh, uh, they're saved, uh, but maybe they're struggling in this worldview, maybe adopting uh, the truth in their life and this process, I pray that you would help us. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know what the need is in your heart, but who'd say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to my heart this morning. He put his finger on something that I need to deal with today. Just slip your hand up. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All around the auditorium. Father, you see the hands. You know the needs. I pray that you would help us. Help us to respond to the truth as you have given it. For Christ's sake, amen. Let's stand together.